We are. We are. We are cultivate. 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 We are cultivate. Hello and welcome to a special mini-sode of Ye Old Crime, the show where Maddie and I discuss the funny, strange, and obscure crimes of yesteryear every Wednesday. This special bi-weekly segment is called Can You Crack the Cramp Word, which is slang for a difficult or obscure term, which I thought was very fitting. And joining me today is Jim from the Film Rage podcast. And before we begin, I'd like to give him the opportunity to tell us a little more about himself and his show before we get started. Whoa, that's loaded. So I'll start with telling you about the show first. How's that? Because sure. Not that I'm not afraid to tell everything anyone ever wanted to know about me, but we're afraid to ask. <laughs> but in fact, I'm people know me go, you need to shut up sometimes. <laughs> but the podcast is a new release podcast that we focus on new films in cinema so we try and go see the films so we can tell you which ones you shouldn't shouldn't go to so we are made up of three people three dudes and our focus i guess our passions are all somewhat different we all come from different backgrounds so my background is probably from a horror and a fantasy probably where it came from and Bryce's is probably also from a horror, but, you know, mine might be from sort of the zombie slash body horror. Bryce okay. comes from more of a slasher background. And then gotcha. Murray comes from, I mean, we're all very passionate about film, but Murray is what we call the everyman. So, okay, yeah, you know, he loves blockbusters and he loves pageantry and he loves to go to the Oscar parties and where Bryce and I are completely against all every award show that's ever existed because they're all bunk in our opinion. But yeah, ultimately we have, I guess, a somewhat of an eclectic taste. We're, we're also involved with a few film festivals that we get invited to, to attend. And so, you know, you don't normally hear us raving on about the newest blockbuster because normally we just think they're, you know, canned films. Mm -hmm. So you'll see us more passionate now about things like international dramas or Korean body horror films or, you know, <laughs> just things that are not sort of the norm. So our audience is probably a little bit more focused to the obscure as opposed to having, you know, people don't listen to us and go, oh, let's hear them talk two hours about the latest Avatar movie. Because yeah. first off, we wouldn't. And the second of all, we didn't. None of us liked it. So... <laughs> <laughs> So that's, I guess, a little bit about the podcast. For As far as me, what do you want me to say? Where where do you want me to go? Well, I'm going to start. Well, I, I was born in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. <laughs> I won't say what year, but I'm a lot older than I sound. So I put it that way. People usually can't guess my age. So I'm going to put you on the spot. How old do you okay. think I am? From looking at me and hearing me. And you can be as honest as you want. It's okay. Well, I'm never offended. Well, you had told me how old your oldest is, so I'm using that as a coach. Oh, that's a bit so of you a cheated. Cheat. So you, so I'm cheating. Okay, okay. Pretend you didn't know that, though. 
Okay, before I met you and before we yep. started having a conversation, I would have actually put you into like mid thirties. Okay, there you go. That's because of my immaturity. Absolutely. Well, thank you. I mean, men age much slower than women do based off their maturity. So exactly. Because I mean, listeners, he's actually he's actually a hundred and twenty. But yeah, know. exactly. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a hundred and twenty effective July. Yeah, so, you know, I grew up in Toronto, and then we've moved, my family moved to the West, young people. Uh, we moved you to... moved East. Yeah, no, we moved West from Toronto, which is in the East, to a town in a city, I guess it's a city, Winnipeg, Manitoba. So these may be places okay. that your listeners may not know if unless they're Canadian, although a lot of people know about Win- Winnipeg because they know, they call it Winterpeg because it's pretty motherfucking cold there. And then I've now lived in Calgary for quite a few years. So Calgary, Alberta is my home. We have the mountains and the best weather, in my opinion, on the planet, although it is dry as a desert here. So people who come here to visit have to basically bring a second suitcase of body lotion, because as soon as they step off the plane, they turn into prunes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because... and. I'm American, so my geography is amazing. <laughs> so, Alberta. I'm trying to remember where that province is in regards to the state. So, are you above, like, Montana? That is a very excellent guess for someone who knows nothing about geography. We actually kind of go on either side of Montana and Idaho. So, okay. there's that right. little sliver of Idaho that touches... Yep. Canada, yeah. So we're we're there, yeah, right near the mountains. Okay, go down uh, Waterton Park. There is a shared park between Canada and the U.S. So okay, that's exactly where we we are. So yes, yeah. Look at you. Look you at me. You didn't know you didn't know anything about Charm. But you know what? I got to say that I'm impressed because even the people in Montana, we go down there and they're like, they're like, "Where are you all from?" We're like, "Um, we're from <laughs> Canada." Like from alberta where's Alberta? we're literally right above you can you just look <laughs> like literally look up and that's us if you look uh, north that's us yeah <laughs> yep and you know maybe they're just pulling our legs like maybe they're just going okay let's let's fuck with these canadians when we go down to the states to buy cheap booze and gas but not eggs know. from what i understand eggs right now are too expensive to go down there Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah you're like oh yeah, I know that story. Yeah. So we'll go down there and be like, we'll <laughs> be like, do you guys actually? I mean, this is my greatest Montana accent, by the way. Whether it's accurate or not, I don't know. I kind of use that for a lot of American states that really don't have an accent. But like, are you guys still use snowmobiles and you live in igloos? And I'll be like, yeah. Do you live in an igloo? I'm literally three hundred kilometers away from you. Three hundred kilometers. That sounds like a no. It's not. <laughs> we're we're terrible people in Canada. People think, oh, Canadians are so nice. No, we are the most sarcastic mm-hmm. people that walk the planet. Like we really walk around with this giant chip. Like we're better than everybody else because we use kilometers and in the metric system. I think that's the only reason. And we play hockey and drink beer. But other than that, we have. And you use loonies and toonies, and you have poutine. So that's right. Well, poutine. Sorry, <laughs> I think it's our national dish, right? Like, I mean, yep. even vegans can eat poutine. Because they have yep. vegan cheese and vegan gravy. So it's like, yep. it's a food for all people. Fun fact, if you get off the airport in uh, Toronto, they just hand you a thing of poutine 
and a little cask of maple syrup when you get off the plane. That's yes, and a Tim Hortons. Don't forget that. Yes, which is also got to get a double syrup. double. You, like you are practically <laughs> fluent in can- Canada. Is that is that in can- Canadian? Maybe Canadian. I'm no. I'm basically dual citizenship at this point. you know what i'm kind of becoming more and i already loved your podcast before coming <laughs> on this but now i'm just like holy nut bar this is this is the most exciting day i've ever had being a podcast guest because you, you and go. how do you how do you pronounce a boot because apparently in canada we say a boot i'm a boot to talk about cramping the cramp word yeah i say about but it there has a go. little bit of the out okay out. Is that your? So, um, that's the Minnesota. Nor yeah, I was going to say, is that your nor? What do you guys north? You guys have so many different names for your areas. Is, is that Norwest? Are you a nor'easter, yeah. a nor'wester, a nor'centro, or whatever they're central, central northy or north central? So we're like we're Midwest, but we're like northern Midwest. We're basically that's, Canada. I think you're we're like yeah. Canada light. Yeah. Can- <laughs> Well, you know, when I lived in Winnipeg, you know, Minneapolis was like the big city closest to us. So you can imagine how exciting it was going from Winnipeg, a population of probably around 650,000, to the dual city of like oh, yeah. 2 million. Like that was, holy cow, we're going for an eight hour drive. I don't even yeah. know how many kilometers that is, but that's eight hours is what it used to take us. Yeah, I'm not that far from the Twin Cities. Yeah. But... Okay. You like in a small town, north, south, yeah. east, west, northwest of the cities. So it's a smaller, okay. a smaller city. It's not really a suburb. It's like a smaller city, but climbing to Wisconsin, a little bit. Yeah, we're actually not that far from Wisconsin. We're okay. like a twenty-minute drive from Wisconsin. Oh, the cheese and the um, water slides. Like I always think of Wisconsin. Yeah, Wisconsin's all like water slides, serial killers, and cheese. That's yes, right. It's the best state. And spotted cow alcohol. Do they have spotted dick too? Because I hear that's a thing. I don't know what it is, but I've heard it said. I don't. I don't know. I think it's. I, I think it's like a cooking thing. Sounds like something you need a cream for, but that's why I, I agree. It, well, you probably <laughs> do actually, because if it's food, you might want to put cream in on it as well. So you know, you might win, need to win. put something on it. Yeah, winner, winner, <laughs> spotted dick dinner. There you go. Don't choke on it. <laughs> that's what she said. That's also what. She said. <laughs> so you know, it sounds like you fit in everywhere. It doesn't matter where you go. Like you can eat cheese with the best of them. You can practically speak Canadian. And, Mm -hmm. you know, Minneapolis and the state of Minnesota is a fantastic state. It's one. It's in my top five favorite states. Where does Iowa fall on your list? Yeah, there you go. I was like, like, okay, now I'm I'm leading this to you to say, okay, what uh, uh, I would say Iowa. I've been to Iowa, actually, which is surprising. That's where we're originally from. It's pretty boring there. So you went from. Actually, what's what's Minneapolis other than Prince? Like, what is like when people say, "Oh, I'm from Minneapolis or Minnesota." Oh, you mean the home of Prince? Like, in in Iowa, they go the corn, right? They're the corn people. Yep. Corn and and life insurance, yes. right? And endless road construction. Yeah. Yes, and well, I mean, that goes without saying. If you've That's, got insurance, yeah. they want more roads so they can yep. sue more people, right? Exactly. But, Minnesota is so Prince and. Hockey. We're like the North State of Hockey. The oh, state yeah. of Hockey. That's what we're yep. known as. Nice. Again, Canada Light. 
and yeah, uh, I'm on ten thousand lakes. Ten thousand lakes. Ten thousand lakes. See, those are pretty cool things. Yeah, I went to a place in Iowa. I don't know if you've ever been there called Zombie Burger. Mm-mm. It it was one of the funnest places I've ever been in the country of the United States because I have to look that up. it was very zombie themed. A and B. When you're there eating, it's like a bar, and they play <laughs> horror movies while you're there. So it's like this is like the this is the best. Oh, like, there's so cool. many cool things like that in the states, even in like a small city, right? Because I think the yeah. what is the biggest city in Iowa is probably two hundred thousand, maybe. Yeah, how yeah. many is that? Do you think? I don't know. Probably not that big. So yeah, to have something like a zombie burger in a small city like that, and just go like you know what. There's not, there's what was not your a, guess? Was your guess 200,000? 200, yeah, probably 200,000 maybe. It's 212. You were so close. Holy shit. I'm like, okay, ask me what you're thinking right now. <laughs> what, ask, me, ask me what number you're thinking about. I go, we got to test this. What if I have skills I don't know? What number am I thinking about? Is it 74? No. Oh, it's great. Well, perhaps it's just... You know, sizes of U.S. cities. I don't know. Ask me another one. That There you go. I guess two million for <laughs> you, the Twin Cities. There, there you go. Right? Oh, there you go. I just pulled that. Like, I'm just pulling numbers out of my ass. It's not like I go and memorize all the... Maybe I have a skill, a particular set of skills like Liam Neeson. You said two million? Yeah. Population of Minneapolis, St. Paul, Bloomington area is 3.7 million oh, people. Wow, that's big. It's way bigger than I thought it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently I'm not as gifted. I don't have the same skills that Liam Neeson has. Apparently, no. Wah, wah. Do you have that button? I was goes, impressed, wah. and now I'm and now I'm not wah. impressed anymore. I know I need to have a sound effect. Wah, wah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to take us off of Tangent City. Uh, not that it wasn't a wild ride, but it's fun city. As you mentioned, sure. it's not Zombie Burger, but it's close. <laughs> so as you mentioned, you have three people on your show. Yes. Yourself, Bryce and Murray. How did the three of you meet and come up with the podcast idea? So Murray and I have been best friends for about, I want to say it's going on close to 14 years, maybe even 15. I forget. I don't remember stuff like that. I just think of Murray as being in my life for so long. And we Mm -hmm. met volunteering at a film festival. Oh, So we were both team leaders at Calgary International Film Festival where we worked for the the volunteers at the festival would come to us and we would direct them on, on, uh, you know, we need you to do this, go clean the cinemas or, you know, here, you're the usher, blah, blah, blah. So -hmm. we met there and we've been volunteering between different film festivals and inclusive of being um, previewers for the festivals as well for, you know, let's just say for argument's sake, it's 15 years. Okay. And it's funny because, you know, Marie and I just, kind of do anything and everything together we kind of knew bryce peripherally because he was always this creepy dude that would show up he he had nothing but but hoodies like i swear that he never owned anything else but a hoodie so he'd always show up to every <laughs> film and he went he used to like there's two major film festivals in our city one is calgary underground film fest and the other one is calgary international film fest and he went to both and we would go to both and we'd always see him there. And, you know, we'd kind of be when you start to know all the people, like you kind of mm-hmm. know everybody that goes to these festivals, even, you know, because we're there all the time. And we just kind of started like I started sort of somewhat stalking him because I was like, this is an interesting person. Like he doesn't talk to anybody. Mm-hmm. 
he just comes in and he has like a routine. He sits in the same spot every time. And, you know, like I would start to try and, you know, talk to him because when you have somebody that's as passionate about, I know you said this too with, you know, your true crime and your history, right? Mm-hmm. It's like when you, when you have a people that have similar spirits towards things, it's like you can mm-hmm. gravitate to them easy. So it was, it was yep. like, look, we, we kind of are at the same places all the time. Like, why aren't, why don't I know you? So mm-hmm. I made it my mission that I was like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to break this motherfucker. So <laughs> like, it was like over a period of five years, I would like kind of start talking to him and I would kind of get nowhere. And then it was, it was funny. Like he must've let his guard down one year. And it was like, we started talking on the street in between films. I was like, Hey, what did you think of uh, such and such film? He's like, Oh, and then he's like, literally the five years prior to that, you could add up all the words that he said in this conversation. Mm-hmm. He like quadrupled the amount of words he'd said. So I was like, I didn't even know you had a bigger vocabulary than 27 words. <laughs> ever said." And, and so that whole festival, we just started talking after each movie. Cause we kind of both picked the same types of movies. And then we came out of like a midnight showing cause the, the festival had like midnight Playings. And so we'd get out of there at like two in the morning. And a lot of us went still had to work at six or seven the next morning. And we were sitting talking about this film afterwards. And people were just, you know, killing themselves because Bryce and I were just ripping on each other because we had conflicting ideas. And one of our friends said, you know, you guys should start a podcast. And we're like, I'm like, what do you mean? Like, first off, what's a podcast? <laughs> and then the second thing was okay sure and then so from there that's kind of how it spawned we became you know kind of like best buddies at that it was like at that particular festival when I finally broke him down and then ever since like we just said let's do it it's been over three years now I guess November last November was our third anniversary of the podcast so yeah and then we kind of stayed focused on cinema i mean you couldn't do that over covid right but yeah so we would have to stream stuff like we had okay things are still coming out streaming every week but again our focus has always been on new films right like it's not very often like we do have some segments within our podcast we have probably about five or six different segments within it so we go through the new releases and then we each have a rage moment and then we have what's called the merman minute where murray has his mainstream minute is, is what we give him and you can talk about things like, oh, I'm going to talk about the Oscars. And we're like, Ugh, please don't. <laughs> and things like that. And then we, we have something called the lists, which we've created. If you look at our website, which is filmrageyyc.com, and you go there, if you go to the page we have called the lists, and it is a group of people. There's the mesmerized list, the repulsive list, which is the opposite of mesmerizing. Mm-hmm. There's the doubted and the undoubted. So if a director or an actor has made eight in a row films that are not a rage, there's rules basically aside it. Then they're, they're basically an undoubted actor or an undoubted director in our minds. Like to mm-hmm. say, if this person's putting out a movie, it's worth seeing. And then gotcha. there's the, re- the backwards of that, of course, is there's the repulsive, which is, you know, I'm oh, sorry, the doubt, the doubted. And then the repulsive is this person is when they're on screen, you're just repulsed by them. And then the Mm -hmm. mesmerizing is like this person steals the scene from every single person in it. So, Mm -hmm. um, so we have a little segment on there where we talk about it and then we have a kind of the final segment to wrap it up is people dare us to see terrible movies to fuel our rage. And then, uh, usually it's, it's a, it's a good torture session. (laughs) We have a really dear friend of ours, Casey, the nerdy photographer, 
who I'm sure you probably have traveled in circles with Casey. He is the voice of Rager Dare for us now, and he does our introductions for that. And he is the most talented person on the planet. So although he's not a full member of Film Rage, he is, we call him the god of rage because he knows how to pick movies that will punish us. And we're, we're on this, this journey because we, we were on another podcast back in the summertime where we were forced to see High School Musical 2. Oh God! And so we are on this journey. Bryce and I have put, we have a bag of rages that we pick when it's our turn, each other. And we're calling it Death by High School Musical 3 because part of the rules is it has to have played in cinemas. And so oh. High School Musical 3 did actually play in cinemas. So we're on this challenge right now where the only things we can pick is from each other's terrible bag that we've created as opposed to, and then if somebody pays us to see a movie, we'll see it, mm -hmm. which kind of interrupts the flow. And then we go right back to seeing we've been, our bag is getting empty. Neither one of us have pulled this yet. So when we finally pull it, it's going to be like, oh my God, <laughs> <laughs> we're afraid. We're very, very afraid. Oh my God. That's amazing. See, I told you I can talk too much. <laughs> it's perfect. That's actually a really good segue to my next question, which is you have a unique rating system for the films that you watch. Like it, yes. once, once you know what it is, it's, it's very self-explanatory. But can you explain to our listeners what the ratings are and what they mean? Yeah. So we only have three. And, you know, the middle rating is kind of a very broad rating because there could be movies in there that we actually like. But the the top of the heap, what is the most incredible movie, one that we absolutely love, is is a Mondo. So if it's if it's rated Mondo, it means that we absolutely loved it. And of course, each one of us rate each film. So if you go on our website, you can see every movie that we've rated uh, in our review section, and it has each one of our ratings on it. And part of the fun is that you know we usually like to have where. You know, Bryce will give a rage and I'll give it a Mondo or vice versa, because then we get to fight, which we love to do. <laughs> and Marie just kind of stands there. I'm, you know, it's like that middle child syndrome where he's like, I don't mm. want to see mom and dad fighting. Yep. <laughs> Why are they fighting? Why are they fighting? Why do they hate me? What did I do? <laughs> so, so yeah. So uh, Mondo being the absolute best. And then meh, which is, you know, you know, probably two days later we've already forgot the movie because it wasn't worth listening to although the, you know we kind of have this thing where we'll go it's a high math meaning that you know it's it's a little better than just you know i've forgotten a little bit about it but it wasn't good enough to say look we love this movie yeah and then of course the last one is a rage and you know it's and sometimes it, sometimes bryce has the stupidest ones that he throws out as a rage i love to throw him under the bus as much as possible but you know where he'll be like you know what the whole movie was like we'll watch a movie and it'd be like the last five minutes he didn't like the ending and he was completely enjoying the movie he's like yeah but the ending was terrible so it's it's a rage i'm like what are you talking about you watch 95 percent of the movie and you loved it and because the last five minutes yep because that just it's it's didn't bookend properly i'm giving it a rage i'm like ugh, we'll slap you but <laughs> <laughs> we try to not filter each other like it's mm -hmm. if we're, someone doesn't like it and it's ruined the movie experience for him then um, so be it yeah i have seen movies like that i can't think of one off the top of my head because it now is probably more of a meh but where i've enjoyed it 
up until the end. And then I'm like, why the fuck did you end it like that? Yes. That was, yeah. what was I sitting here for? What did I just dedicate an hour and a half of my life to if you were going to do that? You're going to pull the rug out from under me and make it yeah. a terrible ending. Yeah. Why don't you just make it a dream sequence? Yeah. Pull a Dallas. Yeah. Like it's or just... right. my, my favorite is a, a memory flashback montage. There you go. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. yeah it's, it's, and, you know, I guess in all fairness, we've had some, we have a segment there. We do interview directors, which we call verbal masturbation. And it's just Bryce and I with the director because Marie doesn't really want to be involved with that side of it. And we kind of only like to choose directors where we actually either at least like their movie a lot or love them because it's really not fair if we bring them on and we do really like their movie. So we can't, you know, gush and say, look, we loved your movie. Yeah. Because, you know, it's not really that fair. But, you know, we really are like we in our intro is like directors and actors beware as you cannot hide from the rage. And it's like if you're going to put something out there, like we have a lot of friends like we Murray actually still works in the film industry. I've you know, I've been in extras in movies, mostly Bollywood films, actually. But uh, <laughs> um, yeah, it's been it's been fun. And, you know, we have a lot of friends in the film industry just because of you know who we associate with. And, you know, a lot of our friends go, you know, you really shouldn't be so mean to the directors. And I'm like, why? They're, they're getting paid to entertain us. And, yep. you know, if you can't, I mean, same as a song, right? Like if you're putting a song out there, I, I know it's, it's not easy because I'm also a musician to be able to produce what you want. But, you know, you have to understand if you don't, if you play something someone doesn't like, they're going to tell you. And, you know, mm -hmm. so we're not, they're also not that kind of podcast that, you know, people will listen and go, no, why didn't you say all the good things? Well, because sometimes there's nothing good in a movie and we just yeah. have to say it. You know, we'll still try. And if there is something good in it, then we'll try yeah. and add that in there. But yeah, you if <laughs> you're going to get the unadulterated truth from us, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, I mean, sometimes a movie can have can look really great on paper. But then once it's actually done, you're like, wow, that was a steaming pile of dog shit. Like, yeah, absolutely. And yeah. it's, it happens. And, you know, because of the amount of content, like I'm still a previewer for one festival and, you know, the amount of content that we watch, you know, we ha don't have a lot of patience for movies that are kind of ripping off other movies. We don't really love sequels or prequels or remakes or, you know, my, the biggest thing that I probably think is the worst thing that's ever been created is live action cartoons that disney has decided to put out it's like this does make this makes no sense whatsoever so yeah. i mean like we have certain things and, and other people like would go yeah you know i really like that movie and it's because they don't watch the same level of content that we have so we we are very a little bit hypercritical i don't want to say mm -hmm. we're you know film douchey snobs but somewhat we are because of the amount of content so we usually lean at least bryce and i lean more to international dramas so because you know it's funny canada we we talked a little bit about this already canada and the u.s were so similar in some of our mindsets about mm -hmm. a lot of things most mostly culturally in the sense that you know we all feel you know we all kind of live in this box for lack of a better word mm -hmm. when you watch watch an israeli film and there there is a feel to it that of the cultural aspects of that that we'll never understand so yeah it's it's like going and seeing these films and the perspective of these directors 
that live in a completely different world that we live in is way more mind bending and expanding than us watching, you know, Top Gun 2. Yep a movie right because it's like there's nothing original in that movie they didn't even need to remake it so Mm. it's like whereas you know when i watched my favorite movie of last year it was a polish film called uh, woman on the roof and you would this movie would never be made in canada or the u.s just it never would be made because of the you know cultural understanding of what we have and what people will have in films we still have you know powerful dramas here but Mm -hmm. it's like it doesn't stretch us outside of our boundaries because we live it right like Mm -hmm. we know what going to the opera looks like so if you see a movie a drama in canada the u.s that's about you know an opera singer okay well if you've been to the opera you can sort of relate to that but an opera singer from you know czechoslovakia or Mm -hmm. you know serbia it's going to feel different right so yeah kind of gives you a little bit of our lens that we view most films through, right? If, if someone says, yeah. oh, look, it's the new Scream movie, it's going to be, you know what, it's probably going to suck because yeah. it's the same as the Scream 4 and Scream 3 and Scream 2 and Scream 1. It's just, yeah. you know. Because there's no original thoughts in Hollywood anymore. Yeah, exactly. And people still want to eat it. Like, you know, yeah. I say this on our podcast a lot, which is, you know, I don't go to the cinema to be entertained very often. There's a few genres that I have a weakness for and a few mm-hmm. actors that I, you know, Keanu Reeves is my, one of my man crushes. And I have a, a list of what I call creep crushes, like Elijah Wood or uh, Crispin Glover. Oh. If they're, yeah, if they're in them, I'm just like, I'm going to go see it. I don't care what it is. Mm-hmm. So I have, you know, we have our weaknesses that we can't, we can't sort of shy away from, but, you know, ultimately if if it's something that isn't going to be original, we probably won't like it. So my last question, which I feel like you've kind of already sort of answered, but I'm going to ask it anyway. This is kind of a two-parter. Is there a particular film that you've either already discussed on the show or that you plan to cover that you really enjoyed or you liked how the discussion unfolded? Whoa, that's tough. And you know, I know it because I listened to your show. It's, it's one of the ones that you normally ask, which is your episode is your favorite. Yep. So I kind of, I'm kind of cheating. So actually, my favorite, my favorite episode that we do every year is our Mondo 10 and Rage 5. Because okay. it's revisiting those films again. So if you, we usually do it the first episode in January. And we'll we each list down what our top 10 movies and our least five favorite, or at least five least favorite movies Mm-hmm. of the year from before. So you get a really good sort of mix as to, you know, what we enjoy and what we see. So for example, on my list from last year, there was four documentaries that made my top 10 list. Oh wow. And it's actually an interesting year for Bryce actually, I have to I have to say because he had more movies in his top 10 than I consider would considered mainstream that actually were up for like a lot of times we get to see films that other like you would never even get access to because it played a film festival and then it's never released anywhere like it if it if it doesn't get sure. picked up like the film festival circuit basically starts in January and it goes through the year and it's really kind of like advertising right like mm-hmm. if you remember the movie gravity it played at um, i think it was tiff that kind of opened it and then everybody went, oh, we got to put this in cinemas. And then it became a, a big success, right? Or same with Little mm-hmm. Miss Sunshine, where I think it played yeah. at Cannes or Sundance, one of the two. And then it got 
same thing. It got into the circuit and everybody became the darling of the festival circuit. And then it got, got played. So sometimes you'll see like on my top 10, I think there was maybe only two that people could have even have seen. So, you know, it, if people want to say, okay, let's, you know, I'm going to make it a goal to see Jim's top 10, you may have to look pretty hard for it. And some of them are not even released yet, right? Like they came out in the festival circuit. We might've saw it in like one of the, there's, there's three major festivals we cover on the podcast. And one of them is in November of last year. So they, they've still now coming out of the festival circuit. So I would say, take a look at our top 10 listing okay. and it's posted on our Instagram page. So it's like pasted to our thing. These are our, our each one of us. We have mm-hmm. our, you know, our picture and, and which ones were our top 10 and at least five. And I, I thought it was funny because in usually in Murray's top 10 are usually a few of mine and Bryce's rage five. I was going to say, <laughs> yeah. Because of his love of mainstream. So it's kind of funny. And it was even on this last year's episode, Bryce said, you know what? I got to be pretty happy. There was only one of Murray's, I think, that was on his rage pile. So it's kind of <laughs> funny. Yeah, it it just it's a it's a passionate episode, I find every year just because, you know, we, our love of film is so is so great. And then, of course, our passion for hatred towards film is also so great. Yep. So this isn't a planned question, but I'm just curious. Do you only watch movies that you can see in a physical theater or do you ever watch like movies that are strictly released like just for hulu or just for netflix or whatever that's actually a really good question so the evolution of our podcast like when we first started it was seeing as much content as we could and getting as much content out there so we would basically see everything that came out in cinemas and then if we could, because we'd still be watching a, a lot of films, we'd be like, okay, and here's also what we saw in streaming, right? So, mm-hmm. but it became a little too overwhelming because of our own personal lives. And I know you've had challenges with that yourself, right? Yeah. So it was very much, became very focused after COVID came back, is that we really have a true belief that seeing films in cinema is the only way to see a film because you have this shared experience. It's like, you know, it's fun to have your own masturbatory orgasm, but it's way more fun to share that orgasm with your family or friends or the orgy that you attend or, you know, key parties mm-hmm. or whatever. So same kind of thing. We we don't believe watching the film at home by yourself is, is the same experience. And, and it's affected some of us, like <laughs> this one movie that we had to stream at home because we knew that it was released in Canada, but it didn't come to the theaters in our city. So we were still able to get it on VOD. And I remember the when we reviewed it, Bryce said, you know, I probably wouldn't have liked this movie as much if I had not seen it with Jim, because he would have watched it at his place and I would have watched it at my place and Murray would have watched it at his place. He said it, it was way more fun looking at how excited I was. Like I helped to change his perception of the film because of the amount of joy I was having. I mean, it was a stupid movie. and You know, sometimes I just can't get over the fact that I love some things that are stupid. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it can have effect, right? Like when you go to a movie and, you know, sometimes the emotions that, you know, you play the minor chord music over a sad moment and you start crying. And then, of course, you're with somebody and then they go, you're making me cry. Right. Like there's that shared experience you can't repeat at home. So, you know, ultimately, the focus of the podcast has gone towards we try and see as much as we can in cinemas. Of course, we can't obviously 
see everything. So, so we have to be very critical. Like this coming week, we're going to be seeing three. And Bryce sent me a message. He says, you know, there's five movies coming out <laughs> next weekend. So trying to find <laughs> the time to see five movies in cinemas with our own personal lives is sometimes tough. Yeah. So it's going to be a tough choice. Like we, for example, Murray said, I refuse to watch 80 for Brady because he's a very anti Brady fan. And I'm sure as a Vikings fan, you're probably thinking the same thing. But yeah, so there's certain movies that we just like, this is a a rom-com. Well, we already know we're going to hate it. Like it's not like it's going to be much of a challenge. Yeah. So we, we'll choose not to go see films that we already know. Like we also don't go see kids films just because it's not fair. Like, you know, if we tear apart, I don't know what's a animated, there's some animated movie that came through like minions or something, right? Like it's yeah. not really made for us. So why would we go and review it? Yeah. It's not really fair. Right. So yeah. This, this things like that. So we really do try and sure. pick, but we have art house films theaters in our, in our city. So first choice would always be to see art house film. And then mm-hmm. the second would be, and we kind of have a rule is we have to see the blockbuster, whether we want to or not, just because it makes for fun copy as they say. So, yep. It's time to feel the rage. Join us on Film Rage, where we talk movies, current releases, coming attractions, streaming, and classic films as well. Directors and actors, beware as you cannot hide from the rage. My name is Bryce, and I'm part of the Film Rage crew, which also includes Jim. Hey, hey. And Murray. Yo. Why is it you always talk? All the time, I can't understand why This is the Merman, the voice of reason. These two can't agree on anything most of the time. Some movies are Mondo, some are just... Every week, something is going to make us rage. Join us every Wednesday and feel the rage. All right. Well, that is the end of my questions and my bonus question. (gasps) Bonus question. So are you ready to try and crack some cramp words? You know what? Like, this has been the most exciting day of my <laughs> life. And I'm not kidding here. Like, I am like, I'm just like, I cannot cramp, Krampus, any cramp. Like, obviously, Krampus is my favorite <laughs> holiday. Uh, you know, the German <laughs> murder Santa Claus is yeah. my is my favorite holiday of the year. So I, I have yet to ever crack any cramp, Krampus that you've ever cramped on. So I'm... You know, I am going to be the worst guest that you've ever had, but let's go for it. Uh, I don't think you will, but. You made it easy for me? Like, no. he's, from, he's from Canada, so, you know, I've got to give him something easy. <laughs> well, I'm going to use my spelling bee on you, so okay. I'm a huge. My favorite sport is to watch is, is the spelling bee. Because the kids start sweating to death. and Oh, it's so good. <laughs> so. All right. Your first term is chouse. Like house with a C at the beginning. Chouse. Can you tell me the origin? This is a spelling bee reference, by the way. It has a Turkish origin. <gasps> See? I love that. That's a spelling bee thing. It's awesome. Okay. It's Turkish. Chouse. Chouse. Can you use it in a sentence? Yes. After Winning the participation awards and going to the pizza place afterwards, they had to make sure that no one choused anybody out of their portion. Oh, you see, you shouldn't have added out of their portion. Yeah, I just get it away. Yeah. I see, because if you would have just left the out of portion out, I might, is it pantsing? Like, did you go to the pizza place and then someone got pantsed? Someone got choused? You know, they 
choused them, pulled their pants down. But because you said out, it's kind of like kind of finagled them out of their pizza. Is that it? I'm going to use finagle. Can I use another word that's also, it's, is finagle a common sentence word? People use that. I know what finagle means. Yeah. All right. Good. I use it. I thought it might've been just a Canadian word again. No. So chouse, like I kind of gave it away, is to cheat someone out of their portion. It's finagled. You know what? I'm going to start using chouse all the time because I've got friends that chouse me all the time. Filthy chouser. Yeah. If you were to use it as a noun, it's a trick or a sham or a swindler. So you could call somebody a chouse. Yes. Chousey the chouster. And it can also be used to describe somebody who is very gullible. So... (laughs) Oh, like, like, man, you've been choused. Yep. You're so chouse. Like, <laughs> you're the chousiest of the chouses. You're the chousiest chouster of the chouse. One of, one of my friends bought me a t-shirt from Vegas when they were there a few years ago. That, that in, And now that I know about chouse, I'm going to see if I can get one that has this. But it says, fuck off, you fucking fuckers. So <laughs> chouse off, you chousing chouser. It's, I love it. Make it so. All right. Your second term is don't sell me a dog. Okay. What's the word? Sorry. <laughs> or is it an expression? It's an expression. Don't sell me a dog. Don't sell me a dog. So dogs are cute. So don't try and sell me the cute. Don't try it. And they're lovable and, and friendly and huggable and kissable and snuggleable. So don't try and sell me your. Is it like. Would it be, I want to ask for the origin, but I think it sounds like a very English word wording. Like, I don't think it was translated from Aramaic or something. Yeah, I don't have the etymology of it, but it was a very popular phrase in 1870 or up until 1870. 1870. What was happening in 1870? It depends on which country. In Britain, I'm thinking 1870. There was potentially a potato famine in Ireland, and the British were holding all the potatoes away from them. So if they said, say the expression again. Don't sell me a dog. Now, could be, don't sell me a dog, like as in a dog is a negative connotation, because maybe dogs were carrying fleas and running wild that caused the Black Death. So don't try and sell me, like, kind of like we might use, I'm going with this one. I talked myself out of dogs being cute and cuddly. Because in the 1870s, dogs were ridden with fleas, which carried the Black Death. So I'm thinking, other than rats, but if they ate rats, that would also give them. So I'm going to say, it's like, don't try and sell me a lemon. Like, you know, when you go to the, when you go to the car lot and, oh man, you sold me a lemon. Mm -hmm. So you sold me a dog because it's a crappy flea ridden Black Death kind of thing that you've given me. That's my final answer. You actually got it. What? Don't sell me a dog is a phrase that means don't lie to me. This is like, I feel like I've won the lottery right now. I don't know what to do. Like I would scream (laughs) and dance around my apartment, but it's, you know, it's getting later and, you know, we live in an apartment with a lot of old people, you know, because a hundred years old. Yeah, because he's 120. In July. So I, this is exciting. Do you want to have your mind blown even more? I am. Like, I'm already blown. How farther can it get? You're the only person that's ever gotten both right. 
do I technically get the first one right? Because you kind of gave uh, it to me. I kind of gave it to you. If you would have taken that last right. sentence off, I wouldn't have right. got it. I would have thought housted was pantsed. Chousted was panting. That's exactly what I would have thought of it. Oh, you know, I'm going to choust Chase by pulling his, his pants down and showing everybody his underwear. Okay. But because you said that other thing, it made me get it. All right. So then I'm going to give you another one. <gasps> we'll see if you keep the streak alive. The ball rolling. I feel like I'm on Final Jeopardy right now. Like you I'm are. A bit, I'm like, what is? <laughs> I'm getting. I'm going to save it. I'm going to go bet five thousand and one dollars, Alex. <laughs> All right. Your final term: barking irons. Okay, what's its origin? This is from the 19th century. Okay, so still 1800. Yep, and it's it was a very famous phrase used in New York's infamous Bowery District. Mm, Bowery. Can you say the term again? Barking irons. Oh, this one's not. This one's too hard. I know I should know more about the Bowery District. Is it like Gangs of New York type of scenario where? Mm-hmm. Barking irons. That's another dog strain in there. 1800s in New York, in the Bowery District, where Leonardo DiCaprio is a young boy trying to get involved with the gangs of New York, trying to grow a beard that he can't actually do because he doesn't have enough facial hair. He does. Barking irons. irons. And is it the irons on, is it to do with ships? Because New York is a port? Hmm. This is tough. I'm not going to get this. I'm just going to guess. I'm going to say, and maybe it has to do with prison, but maybe not. I'm trying to see if you can give anything away from your face, but you're like stone cold. Like I mean, you are like stoic. You're on the right track, like with oh. the gangs in New York thing and stuff. Like, yeah. So I wonder, barking irons. So are irons related to? Irons, irons, irons. What would be another thing that people would use for irons? Certainly not the underground fight clubs that I would think. Irons could, what else would they use? Irons, like irons could be like where they lock them up in irons. It seems kind of 1800s-ish. There's so much pressure on me because I got two right. <laughs> well, one and a half right. <laughs> I don't want to get it wrong. Barking irons. It's, you know what? I'm just going to say that I know it's wrong and I know it's ha- because it has something, something to do with the gangs. I'm just going to say, you know, those shackles that you have, mm-hmm. and this is not it, I'm sure, but you know, the shackles have caused you to have burning on your arms. It's like, you've got a welt. I don't know. That's what I'm going to say. All right. So barking irons is a 19th century slang term for pistols. No, because that's it. That makes sense because it's an iron gun and the barking is like the pow pow. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. But you did get one right without any assistance from me. I feel pretty proud of this. This is like I'm and when I get my chouse off you, chousing chouser. I might say on the back that says, I'm a winner, baby. 
you cracked a cramp board. This is the greatest moment of my life. I don't need the lottery. I've got this moment. Ah, <laughs> oh. well, on that note, I would like to thank Jim for joining me today for Can You Crack the Cramp Word? And before we go, can you tell our listeners where they can find you on social and when new episodes of your show come out? Yeah, for sure. So they can find us everywhere at Film Rage YYC on, I didn't say everywhere. We're on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and also on TikTok. But the last video we put on was probably a year ago. And then the place that I kind of want everybody to find us, because I'm pretty proud of our website, is filmrageyyc.com. Or you can email us at filmragecalgary at gmail.com to, you know, ask us questions or you know, be rude or nice to us, whichever one you do. And then we also have something on Buy Me a Coffee where you can dare us to see a terrible movie and we will watch it if it played in a movie theater anywhere in the world and we can find it. Mm-hmm. So we have had people that have tried to dare us to watch. I'm sorry, that never played in cinemas anywhere, so we can't watch it. So, yeah. And our episodes come out every Wednesday, usually late because Bryce is a lazy ass and doesn't do it when he's supposed to. <laughs> Again, another throwing Bryce under the bus scenario. Sometimes I'm like <laughs> editing at the last second and I'm just like, I can get this done. So <laughs> I can't. I'm waking up tomorrow and doing it. I feel that. I feel that. Well, thank you again. It was so nice having you on. It was and so you. nice talking to you. And on that note, as always, I'm Lindsay and I'll see you next time with another tale as old as crime. Hashtag year of Lindsay. <laughs>